Hello, and welcome back to the Metabolism and Menopause podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I am your host. I am the CEO of Vitality OET. We are a nutrition and fitness company that works predominantly with women struggling with hormones, struggling with weight loss, particularly as you're going through perimenopause and menopause. And our goal is to help you understand what happens to your body when our hormones start to change and what you can do to get your body back, to get healthier, to feel good, to sleep better, to finally lose weight. Because we all know that now that you're going through this, the whole eat less, move more, cutting calories, cutting carbs, doing a bunch of cardio isn't working the way it used to. So we're here to teach you about your body, what you need to do to actually support this new body of yours because it's inherently different now that your hormones are so different, and then to get you back on track so you can feel like you again. Today, what I want to talk about was scale fluctuations why the weight on the scale fluctuates so much day to day, how you can be down, down, and all of a sudden it comes up really quickly. We panic, we start cutting calories. So I want to explain what's actually happening there and then what you can do about it and if it actually matters that much. So for most people, hopping on a scale can be an absolute freaking nightmare. Let's be honest. You're like hopping on the scale and you're like, oh, did I gain weight? Did I lose weight? Did it stay the same? Whether you're reverse dieting, whether you're in a maintenance phase or you're in a fat loss phase, the scale can be a humongous source of your stress, especially if the number doesn't reflect with your expectations or what you're hoping for. Um, This has happened to me many of times where I literally will look in the mirror and be like, oh, I feel like I look pretty good today. And then I hop on the scale and I'm like, Frick, like I'm up a pound. I'm so upset. And I was literally just telling myself in the mirror that I looked freaking amazing. But then I let this number on the scale completely dictate how I'm feeling. And then just ruins my entire day. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I talk to women every day that this is the same thing. So what the heck is going on? Let's understand what's actually going on because The scale can be a useful tool, don't get me wrong, and it can help you measure progress, but it's really important to remember that it's just that. It's just a tool. The number on the scale is just one single piece to the puzzle, and it only provides us a simple glimpse into the full picture. It literally just gives you one moment in time at a specific second with all these different factors that can influence it. So I can weigh myself and then drink a glass of water and weigh myself after, and I'm going to be heavier. And should I be upset over that? Did I gain a bunch of fat? Did I gain all this extra adipose tissue? No. So all it is, is just giving you a single glimpse in time out of infinite options that you could be measuring yourself in. And it's really important to be aware of that. So we're going to take some time today to talk about some of the reasons that the scale can be fluctuating, why the number on the scale isn't actually the most reliable indication of progress and other things that you can be looking for. So the first reason that the scale can fluctuate is you drank more water than normal. Um, The scale is used to measure weight, but it doesn't tell you what kind of weight. It doesn't tell you anything about what it's measuring. It doesn't know your lean mass, muscle mass, bone mass, fluids, fat, nothing. It's just a total amount of like gravitational pull, basically. So again, let's say you like, I always like to give the example of like drinking a bunch of water, hopping on the scale, weighing yourself after. Yes, you're going to be heavier. Is it fat? No. The main cause of your weight fluctuation has something to do with water for a couple of reasons. So one, you could have drank more water than usual. And it's true that if you drink more water, it's a very good thing for you in long-term health um, and your weight loss goals. It helps your body function more efficiently. It's actually going to help with cognition. It's going to allow for nutrients to pass better. It's going to help with lymph flow. There's so many things that are beneficial from drinking water. 
However, drinking more water than you typically do at the start of your journey in particular will cause the number on the scale to go up. Once your body starts to get used to you having that amount of water intake in your body after a few days, your weight should trend back downwards again. So do not panic. This can be one of the reasons how water affects you. The second can be that you drank less water than usual. If you're not drinking as much water for a couple of days or you're traveling, this happens to me all the time when I travel, that lack of water in your body can cause your weight to fluctuate quite a bit. It will decrease initially um, and then that lack of water and then that will jump up in the following days to try and compensate because if you're dehydrated, your body's going to try and hold on to that extra water because it doesn't know if you're going to get enough. Um, so it's almost like it's pay- playing defense a little bit, if that kind of makes sense. And it wants to try and balance out all the ions and your bloods and your tissues and stuff like that. Um, especially if you're traveling dehydration, super, super common. Um, I just got back from New York and I, even though I had my water with me, even though I made sure to drink a water bottle on each flight that I was on. I still felt super dehydrated the next day. And it's because like your routine is off. You're not eating the same amount of foods. Your sleep is off. Like traveling in general just dehydrates you. Like that's just how it is. Um, So I find actually if you are traveling a lot and struggling with dehydration, like I had a super bad headache the next day, but using some electrolytes can help so, so much. Um, I had a wicked headache and then after I had some electrolytes and drank some water and then it just helps balance everything out, um, I felt so much better. My headache was gone and the next day I actually woke up lighter. So it all like water makes a huge, huge difference. So before you start slashing your calories and panicking, pay attention to your hydration levels. This is really important. Number two, so the first one was hydration. Number two, that the reason that the scale can fluctuate can be that you ate more carbohydrates than usual or you ate more carbs later in the day. So hopefully by now, you guys all know that carbs don't actually make you gain fat. Um, This is a myth. It's been busted a billion times in studies. So carbs are not bad for you, contrary to what the keto propagandists may tell you. Um, Carbs are actually incredibly important for regulating hormones, particularly your thyroid. Um, it's also important for bringing down your cortisol levels, which we know has a bunch of negative effects if we're not bringing that down regularly. It actually helps improve your mood. Um, and it actually helps your energy levels. So typically people, for example, who are cutting out their carbs at lunchtime or just having a salad with some chicken, you get that energy crash in the afternoon. It's because you didn't eat any freaking carbs. So eat your freaking carbs. Um, unlike fats and protein though, carbs do hold onto water. It's how they're digested and broken down. So one gram of carb is typically going to retain approximately like three grams to four grams of water ish. And this is why people experience that huge drop in the scale when they start their keto. It's literally just water being flushed out of your body from lack of carbs. It's not fat at all. Um, so you think all of a sudden you're doing better, but you're not, it's literally just water. So that's something to be aware of. Um, so if you've had a few more carbs than usual, or you eat the majority of your carbs later in the day, you can expect the number on the scale to be a little bit higher in the morning. And that's normal. Again, it's not fat. It's just water. Um, the increase in the scale again is not from fat. It is just a slight increase in water retention due to that increase in carbs. That does not mean carbs are bad. You're not gaining fat. You are not gaining weight. You need to eat your freaking carbs, especially if you're going through perimenopause and menopause. Our stress um, tolerance decreases because our estrogen goes down, which then means that it's a lot easier for our cortisol levels to go up. 
which is going to have a bunch of negative effects on hormones, our metabolism, our thyroid, so many things in our body. It's going to gain to fat retention in the in the abdomen in particular, the menopause belly that everyone always talks about. Um, so having your carbohydrates helps lower those cortisol levels. So they are very important to make sure that you are having adequate amounts in your diet. Um, if you're having like less than 100 grams, like that's bonkers to me. Um, like yesterday, for example, I was tracking my food. Um, I got 228 grams of carbs easily and I still had my snacks left in the, in the evening. So you need your carbs. So number three, you're just full of crap. Um, so let me clarify while the ideal time to weigh yourself is in the morning after you go to the bathroom and before you eat or drink anything, sometimes you may not have a morning bowel movement or sometimes it's been a few days from travel. You can see you, this is going to result in a slightly higher number on the scale simply because you have more crap inside your body. Like there's just more food in your digestive system. You haven't eliminated yet. That is all that that is. It's literally just poop. Um, digestion plays a gargantuous role in the weight loss process. And if your gut isn't happy, you can expect to have a really tough time losing weight. Um, this is why we really prioritize digestion in phase one of our program. Once your digestion is in check and our inflammation is de is decreasing, um, we're having regular bowel movements, we've gotten rid of bloating, you will notice that you feel lighter, less bloated, and you'll notice that number on the scale start to go down and it actually sets your body up for successful fat loss phase. Okay, so number four, you worked out hard. Y you, like many people are working out and everyone's pushing themselves hard in the gym, sometimes several times per week. Um, when we exercise, our muscles are put under stress. Um, and this in turn is going to lead to some inflammation from micro tearing and some water retention. This is completely normal. This is what is supposed to happen to our bodies. Um, so it's part of the recovery process. It's how our body naturally is going to respond to it. So you should not stop working out. This is important to be aware of that if you have a hard workout, your muscles draw water into the cells as a way to help repair themselves so that you can push harder in your next workout. It's all about how adaptation occurs. And it's really important to still do your resistance training. Make sure you're taking longer rest periods. Focus on getting stronger. The reason this is so important is because with perimenopause and menopause, Estrogen is going to go down and that's going to drastically reduce our ability to maintain and build muscle mass. So making sure you're doing the right kind of exercise is really important, but it is important to note that you may see the scale go up a little bit the day after a hard workout because your body's trying to recover. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not eating enough, not getting enough carbohydrates, not getting enough protein, if you aren't recovering the way that you need to, you are going to see the scale increase a little bit more because there is going to be more inflammation there um, than typical, than should, should be there typically. So we want to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to recover appropriately. Um, again, super, super important. So it is, you just need to be aware that that's going to potentially increase on the scale as well. Some of the best ways that you can try and reduce some of that post-workout inflammation are to go for a light, low-intensity walk, taking some Epsom salt baths, um, drinking lots of water, um, and again, having those carbohydrates, especially after your workouts, can be super, super beneficial for recovery, helping with your cortisol levels. Um, we will touch on a whole thing on that in the future. 
Um, the next reason is that you consumed more sodium than usual. So sodium is an incredibly important electrolyte that will help with your nerve impulses, muscle contractions, mineral balance in the body. It actually has a lot of important roles and without it, it would be detrimental to our health. So it's actually super, super essential. However, consuming more salt than your body is used to um, can cause your body to hold on to some excess water as a way to maintain like homeostatic balance. So that's just like your body wants to go to or fluid wants to go where there's more salt. So if you're having more salt, your body's trying to balance things out. So just with osmotic gradients and all that sciencey stuff, you're going to see water get pulled into those areas. So then it might make the scale show a higher number just again because of more fluid retention. Um, so typically if you're going out for like a supper or you're going out for a meal or have a more of like some whatever, your chips or whatever it is, you indulge in a little treat, um, it's normal to see the scale go up. And again, it's not fat. It's just water. Your body is just constantly trying to balance things out and that is okay. It's normal. That's what's supposed to happen. So try not to worry too, too much about that. It's just important to be aware of. The next point is that you had a poor night's sleep. So if you've had restless nights where it seems like it's really freaking hard to fall asleep, you're tossing and turning, or you're having a hard time falling asleep, the number on the scale is typically always going to be higher after you've had a poor night's sleep. Um, this is because it puts your body into a state of stress and that may cause some excess water retention. You may also find that after a night of restless sleep, you experience more cravings and this is your body's response to a lack of energy. You haven't replenished the stores overnight. Um, you're kind of stuck in like a fight or flight response. So like for myself, I use my Fitbit. If I get less than six and a half hours of sleep, I will literally eat anything that is within an arm's length. Like I'm going to the fridge multiple times. I am like the snack monster. Um, and that's okay. It's that's what your body needs. So trying to focus on having a good night's sleep is going to be really important for you. And again, it's going to increase those cortisol levels, which is going to lead to more fluid retention, negatively affect our metabolism and all those other things affecting fat loss. Um, but again, this is why you might see the scale go up and it's not necessarily fat. It's typically just more water because you have more inflammation and cortisol going through your body at that time. Um, so on days like this, where you do have a poor night's sleep, one, don't be too worried about the scale try and ignore it as best as you can. Or if you know you had a poor night's sleep, just don't weigh yourself. Don't do that to yourself. There's no need to be tired, grumpy, and then more upset because the scale didn't work in your favor. So it's important to make sure that you stick to a balanced diet and make sure your water intake is high. So while it might be tempting, it's also important not to overdo it with the caffeine on days that you've had poor sleep, because again, caffeine is going to increase our cortisol levels. Um, it's going to just make the cycle worse, further exhausting your body, and then making it even harder for you to fall asleep. It's going to put more stress on your adrenals and just lead to this negative cycle that we do not want. So my advice, if you've had a poor night's sleep is to A, not weigh yourself, Two, focus on hydration. And three, have regular meals throughout the day that have your protein, your carbs, your veggies. Try and stay nice and balanced. Make sure you're having those carbs, but try and aim for carbs that are a little bit more higher in fiber. Um, things like fruit can be really helpful. Um, if I have a poor night's sleep, I'm definitely having bread with my breakfast for sure, 100%. There's no way I'm not. Um, so there's lots of things to help set you up for success. The last thing that you want to do is panic cut your calories, chug a bunch of caffeine, do a bunch of exercise because you're actually just going to make this worse and it's going to set you behind more. And then you're probably going to see the scale jump up again because cortisol is high, leading to more fluid retention and inflammation. Number seven, one of my favorites, you are stressed and you need to hashtag CTFO, um, which I actually have on my hoodie. 
And that is what is termed in our community, chill the fuck out. So we all know the importance of relaxing and making time for like daily stress relief, but stress can also be reflected on the scale. So when our bodies are stressed, we go into this fight or flight mode. And this is because again, of that increase in cortisol. Um, and it's not also, that's, this doesn't just like make us feel like crap and garbage and we're exhausted and we're just go, 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 but it's going to lead to inflammation in the body, um, lead to that fluid retention that we already talked about, and then see that scale go up. If you find you're having a more stressful work week than usual, or there's just stuff going on in your life, trying to engage in stress relieving strategies, like putting your feet up, um, doing Epsom salt baths, maybe listening to a like relaxing podcast or some music, maybe reading a non-stimulating book, focusing on deep breathing, bringing your heart rate down, going for a leisurely walk. You're not walking for exercise or burning calories. You were doing it to try and relax. This is going to help bring your body out of fight or flight mode and signal to your brain to reduce inflammation and water retention. So basically what's happening is like we're go, go, go all the time. We're stressed out. We're rushing out the door. Maybe we're skipping breakfast. We're chugging caffeine. We're rushing our kids to wherever they need to go. We're getting phone calls from the principal. Timmy's being insane, not doing his homework. Jenny got into a fight, whatever it is. Then you're picking them up from school, dropping them off. You worked through lunch because like your boss had these crazy deadlines and didn't let you relax. Um, Then you get home and realize that your dog pooped on the floor. Then you're stressed out. Financially, you realize that your daughter um, decided to spend money and the exchange rate was poor or whatever it is. You just have stress on top of stress on top of stress. And then on top of that, you're not eating in regular intervals. You're skipping meals. You aren't having carbs. You are doing crazy amounts of cardio. You're doing like your orange theory hit, all those kinds of things. And you're just adding stress on top of stress on top of stress. And I don't know about you, but stress on top of stress on top of stress doesn't sound like weight loss to me. What that sounds like is exhaustion, fatigue, not sleeping well, feeling super emotional, irritable. You're either super hungry or not hungry at all. It's like as soon as you finally get a moment to breathe, you're freaking starving. Um, You're not making time to like take care of yourself. You're finding it really hard to have quality time. Like it's just one thing after another and you just feel like garbage. You're getting bloated. You're seeing this weight gain. Maybe your hair is starting to thin out. Um, You're having hot flashes and night sweats, all of these things. And I hate to tell you, but doing more and more and more is just going to put you in a worse position especially since during perimenopause and menopause, our stress tolerance decreases drastically. Um, So it takes a lot less for your cortisol levels to spike and then cause this negative cascade of things on your thyroid, your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone. Metabolism slows down. Inflammation goes up. Digestion slows down. Um, There's all these things that start happening. And just because you don't, you can't handle stress like you used to because estrogen has decreased. So learning to be able to CTFO is very, very important, even if it's just five minutes in the afternoon where you get your body out of that fight or flight mode and you just focus on slowing down your breathing, slowing down your heart rate, breathing deeply, even if it's just five minutes, like lock yourself in the bathroom if you have to and just like lay on the floor and just like focus on breathing, listen to some light music, whatever you need. Take the time for you because this is one of the biggest things that is going to influence the scale and your ability to lose weight as well. But again, this is typically like if you're in a very high stress state, you are going to see inflammation. You are going to see the scale go up. It's typically water at first. But if this goes on for years, you are going to experience some weight loss resistance, which we do not want. Okay, number eight reason for why the scale has gone up is you might have gained some muscle. So I'm sure you hear the saying like muscle weighs more than fat. And like while that isn't technically true, like five pounds of muscle weighs same as five pounds of fat. But 
the muscle will take up less space. So one pound of muscle will take up significantly less space than one pound of fat. So there is less space taken up on your body. So you might not be seeing the scale go down. So this is why it's important to like take pictures and stuff like that, because the scale will just tell you the amount of gravitational pull. It's not telling you how your body composition is changing. So you might see an increase in muscle mass, a decrease in fat mass. So your weight stays the same, but you're down inches. This is good. This is like best case scenario, to be honest, like it's fantastic. And that's a huge sign of progress. So when you start to begin your workouts, so if you're doing like your cardio and stuff like that, you're typically not going to see this, but if you start lifting heavy weights for the first time, your body can gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. So if you're at the beginning of your journey, this is something that can occur. Um, so this is known as body recomposition. This is like the only way to do it is through weightlifting. So if you notice you're getting stronger, but the scale is staying the same, this is a great indication that you are undergoing body recomposition. And this is why it's so important to pay attention to other markers of progress, such as body measurements, photos, how your clothes are fitting, your gym performance. These are all going to tell you that you are moving in the right direction, which is absolutely phenomenal. Okay, number nine, it can be hormones. So week one, right as your period starts, and then week three of your cycle usually comes with more water retention. So don't worry if you're trending higher in those weeks than the other two. This is completely normal. Being on birth control or being in perimenopause doesn't make you exempt to these hormonal shifts um, as progesterone is typically going to be the culprit for water retention and your weight fluctuations. So they just might not be as cyclical or normal if you're on birth control or during perimenopause or menopause because this is where our hormones really start to fluctuate. So it might not be like week one, week three, it might be sporadic. So knowing that you're going through perimenopause, this can have a very big effect on your fluid retention because of your progesterone going up and down. Um, something to be aware of is that when progesterone decreases, we do see an increase in fluid retention. Um, so the, one of the biggest things that actually decreases our progesterone levels quicker is cortisol, that stress hormone. So what happens is cortisol, when it's when we're in a high stress state, our body will actually take the precursor that is needed to stimulate progesterone um, release and production and get, take it to cortisol. It'll kind of snatch it up and steal it. So you're already going through perimenopause. You're going to start seeing some um, fluid retention because of progesterone dropping. If you're in a stress state, that's going to be increased even more. So then progesterone is going to drop even more, leading to even more fluid retention. So this is why like learning to CTFO is so, so important. Um, number 10, a lot of medications that are steroid-based, um, such as like antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds, have side effects of fluid retention that can fluctuate based on other factors that you can't necessarily control. So this can also cause our bodies to be more sensitive uh, or prone to fluid retention even from just like the slightest changes. So remember these medications can also cause water retention in your hands and feet as well. So try and be aware of that. Um, weight loss is still possible if you were on these medications. So it's important to stick to a balanced diet regular of any fluctuations that can occur. So we don't want to be like reactive. It's like, oh, scale, we not need to like cut my calories. It's like, no, consistency is key here. Um, especially if you're someone going through perimenopause, we already, our body's already going through a ton of hormonal changes there's already a ton of fluctuations, our body does not like change. Then you toss in that during this time in our life, we're typically taking care of like parents who are getting sick, um, we're becoming empty nesters, we are finding that we're going through maybe our own health problems, um, bit of like career shifts and stuff like that. So there's already a ton of change happening. So the last thing that your body needs is for you to be going through like crazy changes in your diet, because you're being super reactive to the scale. 
So in summary, there are a lot of things that are going to influence the scale here. So the first one was water. So before, so if you hop on the scale, the scale goes up. This is what I want you to do. I want you to sit down and go through this list. Did I drink more or less water than usual yesterday? Did I eat more carbs or eat more carbs later in the day than I did usually? Do how have my bowel movements been? Have I been going to the washroom regularly? Did I have a really hard workout yesterday? Did I consume more sodium than usual? Um, Did I have a poor night's sleep the night before? Um, Am I stressed out? Have I been really busy? Has life been crazy? Have I been pushing myself harder in the gym and gained more muscle? Um, Am I struggling with hormones right now? Is it some medication changes that I could be dealing with? Or it could also be fiber. If you've increased your fiber all of a sudden out of nowhere, that can also affect your um, bowel movements and stuff like that as well resulting in more fluid retention or just digestion slowing down. So those are all things that you need to look at before you start panicking because that's going to help you adjust what you need to do before cutting out your calories, your carbs, doing crazy cardio. That is not the way that we should be shifting towards. Um, So while there is a time and place to use a scale as a tool um, to measure progress, it is important to realize the number on the scale is not the be all and end all to progress. If you notice the number on the scale is not budging, please do not become discouraged. Go through this list first. Um, Don't if you find that like weighing yourself every day really dictates your mood. Stop doing that. That's not good for you. Nobody wants that. Um, so just do what's best for you and do things like photos, measurements, see how you're doing for habits. Are you getting stronger in the gym? How are your energy levels? Are your clothes fitting better? Is your mood more stable? Those are all better ways to see how you are progressing. Because again, the scale just gives you a single moment in time. Um, so try not to dwell on it too much. It is just a number and nobody cares and asks you how much you weigh randomly on the street. You give value to that number. I promise you, nobody else cares what the scale says. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions, comment, concerns, want the guide to go with this comment below, you can find out how to contact me in the show notes.